Hunter's great sediment sinks, very, very deep, fine, rich soils, unlike most of the rest of the landscape. Combine that with water and, uh, and sunlight, and what you end up with is, uh, is a lot of life. That was Skip Lyle. Skip is a wildlife biologist based in Grafton, Vermont, and the inventor of the beaver deceiver. His company, Beaver Deceivers International, seeks to create and implement flowage technologies that protect human infrastructure and beaver lives. Here's Skip. They don't do a lot of deductive reasoning the way we do. And almost all their behaviors is responding to environmental stimuli. And uh, it's driven by in, in instincts as opposed to deductive reasoning. And so because of that basic fact, um, you can sneak water away from beavers. And so that's, that's essentially the goal of a beaver deceiver. At a road culvert, the first thing you have to do is you build a fence to prevent the beavers from directly clogging the culvert. Step one, deception occurs in what I generically call a pipe system that, that goes through the fence and out into the upstream, upstream direction along a large pipe uh, that's not perforated, solid pipe, because beavers, they don't understand the concept of hollowness. And so pipes are very powerful, but a pipe alone is not enough because the water molecules would pick up speed as they're entering the pipe and the beavers would sense that and they'd bury the end of the pipe. Or if it was noisy, you know, those environmental stimuli, they'd bury it. So you also have to have a, a well-designed, large, well-designed filter on the end of the pipe. And that is to filter water in, sneak water in and filter beavers out. And so that's how you sneak water away from the beavers and into the culvert and control damming behavior. It doesn't, doesn't allow the beavers to, to raise the water level and create a big reservoir. And, and so you can defeat them any time, anywhere, or at least if you're extremely skilled and very experienced, you can do that. But if I can do it, you know, it's not, uh, not exactly rocket science either. So I grew up on a beaver pond. You know, my entire life, I, my, my passion has been to improve wildlife habitats. And I knew the wetlands um, were really, really important. And you can't have the wetlands without beavers. Yeah, knowing we had to have beavers, when the beavers started clogging the town road culvert, I built a very crude beaver deceiver, the, the original beaver deceiver. I, maybe I was around 14. Because we've not had to kill any beavers since then, we've just the wetlands have developed on our property and produced probably millions of life forms over the decades because they're they're just they just team with life. Their habitats are so fascinating, and I I, I mean one of my favorite things in the world to do is to explore them in the winter on cross country skis when you can just go across the wetland. You know it's hard to walk around a wetland in the rest of the year it's just they're all different they're just they tell they leave so much sign behind it they just tell such a fascinating story and then you see that it's just so much history so, so and they're all different they're all different making the first incarnation of the beaver deceiver at 14 skip's fascination with beavers would only grow with age and so that 
ultimately led to a degree in wildlife management, a master's degree in wildlife management at the University of Maine, where I studied beavers in wetlands. And then uh, after that, I got a job with the Penobscot Indian Nation, also in Maine. And they, they have a lot of acres, a lot of beautiful land, 150,000 acres. And they a lot of roads, dirt, you know, dirt roads from the forest products industry. And they had a huge problem. All, all their, all their uh, culverts and bridges that were in beaver damming habitat, which again is low gradient areas and small streams, were clogged and the roads were washing out. They had been trying to solve the problem the only way they could by killing the beavers, but they had come to recognize that it was not working very well. So that's when they, they put, that was in 1995, they put me to, to work trying to come up with a, a better, more enduring remedy. And that's when I, my professional flow device, which is a general term for these things, um, or beaver deceiver career began. The first beaver receiver built here in the property wasn't even trapezoidal and it wasn't good fencing. It was just some old garden fencing of my father's that I scrounged up and, you know, it worked. I have, it's gone through a few iterations at that site. And so now for 50 years, 50 years, <laughs> 50 years, did I say 50 years? We have protected that town road culvert, uh, my family, my well, me basically. 50 years a town has not had to put a minute of time into that. And it's been surrounded, not a penny, not a minute. It's been surrounded by beavers the whole time. It can only imagine what has saved the town. I mean, tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars of absent maintenance and cleaning, usually with excavators or backhoes and repairing roads and all the things I listed earlier. And in addition, now there's beautiful wetlands on both sides of the road, full of wildlife. And so it's the best place in our town um, to view wildlife. And it, there's no better place for wildlife viewing than on a, on a quiet dirt road. So people are always stopping at that spot and, and looking for animals. So it's, it's really exciting. And, in, and there's sites like that in every town where just absolute miracles can happen ecologically, hydrologically, and, and, you know, for all the, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of species, but also for humans to have, a, you know, to gain so much beauty in their lives. Uh, everybody loves to see wildlife. And that's why I get, I get so jazzed about this. All you have to do is stop killing beavers and really good things can happen. When beavers clog culverts, town governments and landowners need to make a decision between killing beavers or taking the advice of those like Skip. You know, choosing good sites for beaver dams narrow, with narrow outlets is very important. It, you know, and beavers will always select them if if they're available. And and there's just no, there's never been a better damming site in the history of the world than than a culvert with a because it's just a tiny hole in a giant man-made dam. And it takes very little effort to plug it. And then just like that, you have a, you know, a very big, big habitat. So the damming site alone, when it's a culvert, it, 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 it's almost immediately, it's a, it represents a high quality beaver habitat, regardless of the, of the food resources, just because it's such an ideal damming site. Dam sites are so important. A good dam site is so important to beavers. And so 
it's not a population issue. I always tell people, oh, they say there's too many beavers. I say, no, there's not, because they're territorial. You'll never have more than one family of beavers here. And and this is this habitat, if you can kill them, and the habitat, because it's a culvert, will always attract new beavers. And so another thing, you know, they're territorial, so they don't tolerate the presence of other beavers. So you never get very many beavers in, in any given area. And they, they defend fairly large territories too. And so what, we, what do we do? We, put, we build something called the road. We create a perfect damming site, absolutely perfect. And then we kill the beavers. And so what have we created? A high quality, hab- a vacant high quality habitat. In other words, we've created a beaver magnet. We've done something to guarantee that new beavers will keep coming in and the problem will never go away. It won't go away in a thousand years. And the, the amount of money we can throw at these culverts over that time is just enormous. So it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity for any town or any individual, any state to save a vast amount of money. Even if you don't care about the enormous amount of money that's represented in the ecological and hydrological value of wetlands as created by live beavers. So it's either build effective flow devices or kill all the beavers and then kill all the beavers. You know, whenever new beavers come in, which they invariably do, you have to kill them and you have to clean the culvert again. And this that process, in addition to, to this issue, representing the greatest opportunity to improve wildlife habitats because it is so grossly inefficient to try to protect these damming points in road culverts are the classic example by killing beavers it turns out that high quality flow devices are also incredibly valuable economically and they can save uh, you know they can end a problem for decades and save save uh, often towns of the state or you know and as well as private landowners a tremendous amount of money over time as opposed to just the inefficiency of killing and fighting and getting angry and you know so it's probably true with any human wildlife conflicts you know the removing the animals or killing them just guarantees that it'll be a cyclical problem that it will go on in perpetuity and therefore is, is not very efficient. This cycle of killing beavers has existed ever since the beginning of the North American fur trade, which started in the 1500s, and its consequences are a warning for the future. Who knows how many wetlands? Wetlands are drained. A million? <laughs> maybe, maybe more because of the fur trade and the eradication of beavers. Uh, so, so, yeah. I think we lost species. A lot of species, because these habitats are so unique and uh, and so important to so many species, we had a, we had a lot of species that were evolved, you know, needing those beaver, those open, sun-drenched wetlands and dynamic wetlands. And so, uh, they, when they went away, we lost a lot of species. When cycles of beaver killings end, beautiful environments are created like Skip's own property. You know, I, I have probably have the best beaver viewing uh, site here on, on our property in the world, possibly. As soon as the ice breaks, you can get tremendous video of beavers. And then, you know, shortly after that, you're gonna have the frogs. You know, we have 
about six species of frogs that'll start, not, not at the same time, but throughout the course of the breeding season, will start to call and yeah, it gets, it gets, it's really cool. Really cool in the spring, amazing. There's just nothing more rewarding than a, a wetland full of life, you know, just, boy, it's, it's a great thing. And the beauty, beauty and spirit, those values, how do you put price tags in that? You know, but they're, they're very real values, very important values. And I, hopefully we can learn to, learn to uh, acknowledge them more. I'm your host, Connor Adams, and thank you for listening to this episode of Local Wire. The sounds you heard at the beginning of the episode were recorded at a beaver flowage in Shelburne, Vermont. Special thanks to Skip Lyle for speaking with us about beavers and his work. You can hear more Vermont stories by checking out Local Wire wherever you get your podcasts.